Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. City Radio presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, Chris Schmidt, Mark Reynack, Elijah Herbal. We welcome in managing editor with HailVarsity.com and magazine Brandon Vogel at Brandon L. Vogel is where you find him on Twitter. Uh, Vogues is not out in the front yard hammering sleds. Uh, Vogues, any snowfall in your neck of the woods? No, uh, stayed stayed rain all week, which we got a lot of, but better than uh, I think what Lincoln and Omaha had to deal with. So I'll take it. Vogues is uh, doing but, victory lap weather wise uh, for us. But, uh, by the way, did a little scorpion research. Oh, thank uh, you. In, in between our breaks, um, Brandon, I don't know if you heard, but uh, Chris's son is in Arizona and went scorpion hunting last night and it just kind of triggered a whole thing like are those insects are they so they're arachnids they're more closely related to spiders they have eight legs i didn't know that did you also know they live in nebraska i never knew that scorpions lived in nebraska there are scorpions in nebraska see i I always thought about the lincoln children's zoo and stuff and i always assumed that they're like some novel creature they shipped up from the amazon or something you tell me they're in nebraska Yeah, there's there's little eighth inch and eighth inch ones oh. that don't even have like the stinger. So are you really a scorpion at that point? Like, come on, they, they got <laughs> you know they got the class and and all that. And then there's bigger ones that have the stinger and and everything in Nebraska. I had no idea. I never so to to bring this back to football. If you don't uh, have some fourth quarter wins in the Big Ten, are you really a Big Ten football team? Well, you, you definitely don't have are a you? stinger. That's for sure. Yeah, no. You, you got to get your stinger. Vogue's been a good week of, of Husker content. Love what Hale Varsity continues to do from recruiting to the winter conditioning coverage to, to Husker hoops. Uh, and, uh, of course, Nebraska baseball last night. Um, what, what's been the biggest why for you? Why has Nebraska been problematic in in tight ball games, specifically in the fourth quarter, uh, some comments this uh, this week from Rule 
in some media sessions. And I'm interested in your take. You know, what do you think? What's been the biggest reason? There's a, a lot of reasons that make up one big result in, in close, tight ball games. Um, and that's a change rule aims to fix uh, with with mental toughness, obviously, and then execution on the field. And you got to acquire that talent for sure. Um, give me a physicality rating. You know, if you look at Nebraska, they are as physical as who. Who do they look like in the Big Ten when it comes to just being a tough football team? Um, <clears throat> I mean, not, neither of these comparisons are probably going to be the ones that, that people want, but I think you'd have to go with kind of like a Maryland or an Indiana. And oh. I, I think there's <clears throat> there's two pieces of this. Gross. <laughs> oh, I, you know, Illinois pre Bielema would have been in that category. Does that help you at all? Uh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so the, the records they, say what they say, though, don't they? Yeah. Uh, so I mean, there's two pieces to this, and I think one of these, as it relates to physicality, also relates to why Nebraska kind of consistently came up just a little bit short and lost those fourth quarter games, if you want to put it that way. Um, defensively, defense is by its nature reactive. And I think that's a group under Eric Shenander that I saw that physicality increase um, kind of broadly um, on on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, we saw in 2021 a pretty strong defensive season. Um, 2022 had to replace some key pieces, dropped off a little bit, but I still saw pieces of that. Um, So that's one thing. I think the biggest thing, though, is the physicality on offense. Um, I don't think Nebraska ever fully established what it wanted that offensive identity to be. Um, And when you don't do that, it's hard to control games from the very start. Um, So, I mean, I've talked about it. I've kind of harped on it a lot. But, you know, last year, again, Nebraska trailed on on 48% of its snaps. So there's three game states, you know, winning, tied, losing, having 48% playing from behind. And we just saw that same game kind of play itself out over and over again with the Huskers over the past five seasons where you fall behind for, for whatever reason, expend a ton of energy to get back in it, and then come up short at the end. Um, just getting out from underneath that rock of consistently having to play your way back into games I think would make a big difference. And I think having a clear kind of offensive identity can help you uh, take control of games a little bit earlier. Brandon Vogel is with us. And uh, Greg in the stream says he got stung by a scorpion in Cave Creek, Arizona. I don't know yeah. that that Greg was, uh, I should say, uh, Carson was in Cave Creek uh, last night, but I will have to, to, to check. Uh, yeah, He's going to some high-end shoe sneakerhead shop in in uh, scottsdale today hmm. uh, so maybe he'll get uh, some uh air jordans that uh that have a scorpion on them i don't know he's gonna shake my mother down for some sort of new kicks i'm sure and elijah elijah in the stream just wanted to give himself some props because rick <laughs> said stash looks awesome eli okay so i had to brag uh, for a second somebody getting... out there mentioned it so i had to bring it up you know you know 
identity and physicality back on point. Yeah, let's get back. Let's get back there. Let's get back there. Yeah, Brandon is is part of this. You know, you, you've done really good work looking at you know quarterbacks, for instance, and how much do they improve over the course of their career? And one one of your conclusions in a piece you did a couple of years ago was that they, they kind of are what they are from the beginning. They show you who they are, and they make just moderate incremental improvement for the most part. Can you say the same about offensive line, or do you think it's a little different? And I'm asking that because we've seen people like Ben Hart and Corcoran seemingly seemingly pressed into duty maybe before they were ready. Um, and then now you, you got those guys coming in where you know they got two, three seasons under their belt and that same amount of time eating and working out and experience and all that. Can, can you expect guys like that to show – more than just incremental improvement and become legitimate offensive line like threats. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've never looked at it specifically. It's 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 harder to kind of objectively measure O line play than it is quarterback clearly. But <clears throat> we know it's probably the most developmental position um, on either side of the ball. So I, I do think there's there's a chance. You know, we kind of assume with a player coming from high school, uh, whether they play early, whether they don't, that you're kind of getting used to the speed of the game, the new level of play, and that helps you kind of gradually increase. And in and, and the case of quarterback, what I found, it, it's very gradual. And your starting level, whenever you first get the chance to play, you're not going to that, – that like huge year one to year two jump, it just – it doesn't happen very often. I think it's more likely on the offensive line um, you know, even some Nebraska linemen in the past who have gone on to to play in the NFL, whether they, you know, were fortunate enough to get drafted or caught on with somebody, you know, some of those guys, like you kind of look back at their career, they're like, yeah, that was pretty good. Like it almost surprises you that, you know, somebody like Alex Lewis, and then he was a transfer, um, obviously a different situation where you get, get to the end of it. And we're already there with guys like Corcoran and Benhart. You're just like, well, man, they played a lot of football. Um, and, and guys like that end up, I think, doing better in the NFL. It's almost like they their their NFL value ends up being a little bit higher than those of us who watch literally every every game they play, every snap they play, is, is in college. So that, to me, seems like maybe the argument for, yes, offensive lineman improvement is happening on maybe a, a more regular schedule um but without those big jumps you're still kind of struggling to see it brandon when you look at the the offensive line one through 14 we're talking about the the pro football focus rankings from last season among big 10 offensive lines in nebraska was down near the bottom based on uh, pass blocking and run blocking numbers last year and i guess pro football focus some people disagree with their metrics but it it does tend to do a pretty good job of uh, at least giving you a general idea of how good or bad an offensive line is or really any position group is and nebraska near the bottom last year i don't think any nebraska fans would contest that if nebraska's offense is to be successful in 2023 where do you think it needs to rank among big 10 offensive lines by by pro football focus by the end of next season um success for this program with kind of where it's starting from in my view i think if you can rank in the top half in the Big Ten, you're a pretty good offensive line. So for Nebraska to get somewhere close to, say, six, seven wins, uh, you probably got to be in that seven, eight, nine range, um, I'm guessing. And I think, you know, that would that isn't an unrealistic 
goal or expectation, uh, maybe an unrealistic expectation, certainly not an unrealistic goal for this group. When you look at some of the experience that it, that it brings back, uh, you look at adding somebody back in like Nori, um, <clears throat> getting Teddy Braska healthy, um, things like that, and then bringing in a couple of key transfers. Um, middle of the Big Ten, I think, is a great starting point for an offensive line and a program, you know, that hasn't had a winning season in, in six seasons. I uh, I look at the offensive line and time will tell with with the the pecking order. And you had I, I think six different line lineups last year due to injury. I mean, it used to just be taken for granted <laughs> where you had your, your same starting five and then you had your same three or four guys that would rotate in by a, by a second series in the third quarter. And, and Nebraska had a great habit of whether it was a close game or not, you still got guys meaningful reps in crunch time. Uh, and that's how you got your experience. You earned it Monday through Thursday on the practice field. You had plenty of uh, stations uh, in your football life where you, you worked, you were coached the right way, and then your training sets you, set you up for success on Saturday. And I think Nebraska is getting back to that mindset mentality. And listen, this isn't you know, Mike, Coach Cavanaugh uh, with the offensive line recruited some some NFL guys, and they had good moments in Lincoln. Uh, Coach Austin recruited some NFL guys; they had good moments in in Lincoln. But just from a continuity standpoint, I think that's the big part: get some guys, keep them healthy, and then find a system that your offensive coordinator, your your run game coordinator, and your offensive line coach are all singing the same key. And I don't know that that's had been a reality uh, last year for sure. We talked about the desire to run the football or the, well, I guess we've got to run the football <laughs> type mentality. Uh, so, you know, with Nebraska, they can stay healthy. That's been a big issue. And then find some guys, Vogues, because uh, you have plenty of, of names to pick from that can also be that uh, – that depth we talk about that, that helps turn tight fourth quarters into successful fourth quarters. I mean, do you like the group Nebraska has to work with? Do you like the group Raiola has to work with on the offensive line? Yeah, I think I like them. Um, I mean, you, you look at players who are experienced, uh, some guys we mentioned like Corker and Ben mm-hmm. Hart um, <clears throat> played a lot, still kind of waiting for them to, to kind of, I think, get to, to where we think their ceiling was based on what we thought of those players coming out of coming out of high school, um, you know. And I think I think some of this, you know, as we talk about, you know, players that have gone on and and had pretty good pro careers, well, while being at Nebraska, we're kind of like, yeah, he's one of their best offensive linemen, but it's not somebody who's like preseason first team All Big Ten. Um, which is tough to do in this this league, to be fair. You know, somebody like Nick Gates. Nick Gates was a, a yeah. really highly touted uh, offensive line recruit, was a recruiting win, played a lot of football at Nebraska. But at the time that, you know, he declared to, to go to the NFL draft, it kind of felt like, well, did Nebraska get the most out of, out of him? And, and I don't mean this as a slight at him, 
I look at it more as kind of just the that that lack of offensive cohesion, um, which which has been the case at Nebraska for a while. There's not been a clear identity where you could just say that's what Nebraska is going to do. Um, that's the type of the offense they're running, and if you can stop it, then hats off to you. Uh, you're probably going to win the game, but it's hard to stop. It's it's been a long time since that's been the case at Nebraska, and you know to the depth point of it. That's another thing where, particularly on the old line, it gets tough to do that um, if you're if you're trailing most the majority of the time, which was certainly the case for you know at least four of the past five Nebraska seasons. Brandon Vogel is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Um, all right, let's let's uh, just have a little fun. Let's prognosticate. I think we can safely say there will be position changes for a handful of guys this year. Let's pick three. Let's pick three. Uh, who do you think is moving and to where? Who are candidates from the limited information that you have and the limited time you've been able to see some of these guys and kind of reading the tea leaves of what depth charts could look like at each position? Are there a few candidates that jump out to you right away where you're just like, what about this guy playing here? You get to be kind of uh, GM over here, Billy Devaney style. <laughs> oh, Thank you no. for that reference. You bet. <laughs> um, the first one who comes to mind is somebody we've talked about previously, and you know he's not going to be available in the spring. Which I don't know how that changes kind of the math here. But you look at somebody like Logan Smothers with six scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. Something's got to got to happen there, uh, and it doesn't have to be. Logan Smothers is a slot back or a slot receiver now, but it's possible. I mean, we've seen the athleticism with him. He's somebody who, to this point, really seems to, you know, he's he's had other opportunities to to try and find a different situation at quarterback specifically, but he's stuck it out of Nebraska, uh, and credit to him for that. So that's one. Um, I think it's it's tough with returning players you know there's a handful of linemen who came in in this 2023 class who you know might be listed as o-linemen but or defensive linemen that i think you could get some some movement there between those uh those two spots also when you look at um i mean i like i like gifford quite a bit in that nickel role he's playing but uh, you look at that that position too uh, is one where with Nebraska needing to basically replace its top three edge rushers, I think there's some potential there for some of those defensive backs to potentially come down. Um, just not sure who it is. It's such a big group um, that one name doesn't kind of immediately jump to mind for me there. Bray, when you look at that, that defensive back room briefly, that that seems like a room that attrition is almost going to be guaranteed in as, as you move through the spring with just the scholarship numbers that the, the competition that's going to be there and and the, the newcomers that we've seen over the past uh put it, let's call it 18 months in that defensive back room it just feels like attrition is almost guaranteed in that room right yeah i would agree particularly because and i, I don't know the number off the top of my head i haven't looked at it recently but you look at some of the transfers in that room i mean you bring in you bring in some transfer defensive backs and those are guys that you know are, are looking for a place to play. Um, and in some cases they were playing at their, at their previous stops. So 
um, I think that only adds to to that part of it. And you know, I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. They've got they got more scholarship defensive backs, and they have scholarship offensive linemen at this point. And you know, with just a hard roster number to hit, eventually uh, you got till August to do that. But uh, it seems inevitable to me that we're going to see some movement there. Brandon Vogel is with us, weekend edition at Tail Varsity Radio at Brandon L. Vogel. It's where you follow him on Twitter. Vogues, before we get you out, what's uh, on the docket for Hail Varsity this weekend? Of course, folks can subscribe, hailvarsity.com backslash offer. Uh, get the magazine, get the digital content, and be a happy Husker fan with uh, just daily uh, coverage of uh, the Big Red. What, uh, what have you been working on and what's keeping you busy? Yeah, so we got the, the February issue off this week. Um, if you're local to, to Lincoln and Omaha, you may have already gotten it, but um, really good softball preview uh, in, in that issue, as well as a, a story on Maggie Mendelson from, from Drake Keeler, a profile of her uh, balancing two sports that, that really turned out well. So that's been most of the past week. And now we kind of turn our attention to Brady Oltman's doing a great job of running through our roster reset online, uh, getting ready for spring football to start here in a, a handful of weeks. Um, pretty, pretty excited for this Nebraska, Iowa women's basketball game this afternoon. Drake Keeler will, will have coverage for us on that. Nebraska's played Iowa tough. Um, a lot over the past two seasons just hasn't quite been able to get over the hump and kind of needs a win uh, for, for their tournament resume after the previous result this week. So that'll be a, a high stakes game that I'm looking forward to this afternoon. That will be big time. One o'clock at PBA, of course, Fred and the gang uh, tomorrow at four. Elijah real quick. Yeah. Brandon briefly, uh, let's talk some Husker baseball as they opened their season last night as a seven to three loss. Uh, to the University of San Diego, and uh, I just want to get your reaction. I know it's only one game in baseball. It's kind of something we mentioned off the top, not too much overreaction, but did you get a chance to, to watch the game last night? Uh, if so, what do you think? If not, uh, a 7-3 to three final score in game one, how does that strike you? Yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I did check out uh, the recap and the, and the box score to see, get a sense from what was happening that way. 11, 11 guys left on base for, for the Huskers. Uh, it's always going to make things pretty tough, I guess, in a game one of, of a new season. You can take solace in the fact that you're, you're putting that many people on base. You know, that's kind of – it's it's the great thing about baseball. It's such a cause and effect game that you can see these things where you're like, eh, you put 11 guys on base most of the time, you're going you're gonna to score more than three runs. So – Game one, it's always tough for, for a team like Nebraska going to warm weather spots where it has to go to start the season. But I think there were some encouraging pieces of it. And uh, we'll see. It's, it's a long season. We'll see for sure. Uh, Coach Bolt, man, uh, has his team ready and geared up. And uh, just one game, but you know he had to be frustrated with the, the 11 runners stranded. Uh, on on base, uh, see if they can shake out of it today. Bogues, always appreciate you, man. Great insight as always. Love talking uh, ball with you, and uh, thanks for joining us this morning. For sure. Have a good weekend, guys. You too. There he is, Brandon Vogel, with us here on Hale Varsity Weekend Edition, and um, we'll uh, be sure to look forward to, to some of that coverage, and uh, we'll dive into some hoops here uh, next with uh, Gary oh, yeah. Sharp. 
some baseball thoughts, and of course, uh, winter conditioning. We'll find our way to the Iron Horse. He's uh, in the on-deck circle at Tail Varsity Weekend, presented by Currency. Heard at Sports Radio, every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio.